Welcome to Hope Ahead, a journey of infertility. My name is Naomi Ripstein. And this is Ryan Ripstein. And this is our story and struggle of trying to conceive. We hope and pray that by sharing our experiences and trials, we will bring glory to God, awareness to infertility, and also be encouraging to others. And just a reminder, this is our story and it personal experiences. We are not offering medical advice. Well, we hope you enjoy the discussion and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome back to episode 14 of Hope Ahead. Um, Moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> today's episode, we're going to do a little update for you guys because we had the fertility surgery number two last week. I am a week and one day post that surgery, mm-hmm. feeling pretty good. Um, but then we do have a follow-up, so we wanted to get this episode out and talk about everything that kind of happened and stuff like that to get you tuned in with what's going on in our lives. But we'll, of course, start off with a word of prayer. So, mm-hmm. dear Heavenly Father, just thank you again for this opportunity to share our story and um, glorify you through it, Lord, even though it's hard. And I just pray that you just continue to use this to encourage others. And I pray for our listeners that are listening in. Um, via YouTube or um, any audio source, Lord, that you would just be with them to provide them peace and comfort on their journey and whatever they're dealing with. And thank you for my husband. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So wanted to do a little recap, kind of just if you've been following along or you also kind of get confused with everything because, you know, even with us writing this up, we, I got to go back through and try to remember. <laughs> right. I had to look back and see like which mm-hmm. episodes were which so we could refer to them yeah. appropriately and things. So That's good. Um, so I had the second surgery a little over a week ago, I said, um, dealing with the diagnosis. It's not unexplained anymore, but still infertile. Um, so we are in, going into year five of trying to conceive since a mm-hmm. miscarriage. So um, we've met with an OB, um, an RE, which is a reproductive endocrinologist, and now a napro doctor. Um, and as Ryan kind of referenced in here, he's got yeah, yeah. So just like the the OB discussion was back in episode four, mm-hmm. the RE discussion and referral and all that was getting into episode five. And then the napro, we've kind of mentioned it a number Along of times, way. kind right. of episode six. Up to episode eight. Episode eight is kind of the main one about it. And then episode 11 refers back to it a little bit more. Okay. So that's kind of spread out throughout. Okay. Um, just to get caught up to, to what that is. Yeah. So we finally were able to get some answers with the NAPRO doctor, which we had mentioned. Um, NAPRO technology. So where they're more willing to look a little bit more in depth of what the problem is for when you're having trouble conceiving. So um, we had the first visit with him in June of 23. Um, he had some suspicions of endometriosis based off of the miscarriage and the years of infertility, but he also wasn't ruling out a PCOS. So he did his normal blood draws and checked my testosterone, my FSH, my LH, my thyroid, um, the vitamin D and prolactin, and all those came back normal Mm -hmm. within, um, I think I was on like day 26 of my cycle. So Mm -hmm. the FSH and LH were going to be a little different, but they were within normal of that, that time. Right. So, um, but anyway, then he also did the transvaginal ultrasound, which I had one of those previously, um, back with the RE and they didn't note anything, but that was on day three. But with this one, 
um, he wanted to look inside again to see like what my ovaries were doing. And, and so based off of the transvaginal ultrasound, um, they saw polycystic follicles on my left ovary. Mm. And so anything over 12 makes them polycystic. And so then now they're suspicious of PCOS, but he's like, we got to do the laparoscopic surgery because we want to still to see if it's endo or PCOS or if it's one or the other or both. Um, and he couldn't officially confirm what was going on until they did the laparoscopic because they can actually visually see it. So that was August 4th, which was episode 11. Um, I had another hysteroscopy with biopsies of the four quadrants of my uterus. Um, the previous one of a hysteroscopy was in October of 21. I also had a selective HSG, which I've mentioned to you guys before, um, a little different than the previous one that I'd had. I had a simple HSG done in December of 2020 at the very start kind of of our journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the laparoscopic procedure, which looks at my reproductive organs from the outside and also just checks out like my abdominal cavity to look for endometriosis, which is where, um, endometrial lining tissue gets outside of the uterus and can start to grow in other spots in the abdominal mm -hmm. cavity. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we've mentioned, like you were saying, talk about the previous episodes and our Instagram page. So mm -hmm. still want to, you know, get you guys kind of plugged in if you're interested yeah. in following along a little bit more live updates. And we'll um, have all these links in the description yeah, below. But yeah. Hope Ahead Journey on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And um, we just, I do updates, include him in there, but just um, recipes for certain diet stuff, supplements, um, treatments, different things that, and just life, you mm -hmm. know, that are going on that we don't mm -hmm. share or get to share all the time right on here. Right. Um, so from the surgery on August 4th, the doctor, uh, the NAPRO doctor, he found the partially blocked fallopian tubes on both sides. Um, and that was mostly due, mostly suspect of inflammation from the endo. Then I had endometriosis stage one because it was found in two different locations and they do the staging based off of how much is inside mm. um, and where it's, where it's at when they find it. And then I also had PCOS on both ovaries. So um, my left did appear worse than my right ovary just due to how smooth it was, but my right was bigger than my left. So that still showed like the inflammation. So right, my right was like eight centimeters and my um, left was four centimeters. Mm -hmm. So we knew there was gonna have to be another surgery, yeah. which is why we're talking about it in this episode. Yeah. Um, Cause under that first initial laparoscopic, he opened up my tubes and he kind of cleared, cleared off some scar tissue on my cervix that had been there from my previous leap about a year ago. But to do the endo, um, they needed a special robot to excise it off of the tissue where it was found. And then he also wanted to do something called a wedge resection of both my ovaries to um, essentially get them to shrink back down. So, um, and that was this past Wednesday on the 4th. So it was two months in between both of my surgeries. Um, I had healed nicely, mm -hmm. I think so. And um, only had two incisions then. And so leading into um, surgery day for um, surgery number two, it's the typical where, you know, nothing after midnight and my worst thing is <laughs> I can't have coffee and I can't drink anything. Cause as soon as someone tells you, you can't have something, what do you want? That's, That's something. What you want. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So, um, and it really is hard to not drink anything, right? Because you just wake up in the morning and you want to drink some water. Um, but I made sure I, I did kind of wake up a little bit before midnight and drink some water just to ease my mind. Yeah. So, but the procedure was at 12.30 p.m. Um, in the afternoon on that surgery day. We had to arrive by 10.30 a.m. just to get kind of checked in. And it did look like I was the only person under my doctor mm, on the surgery board. Yeah. So I'm very grateful that they were able to get me in because um, there had been some stuff back and forth to whether we could get in. We have a cool trip coming up, but like whether we could get in before this trip or after this trip and how long in between the surgeries. And, you know, we've been waiting at this time, we'd only, we'd been waiting for four years and we were like, yeah, let's get this done. As soon as possible. Right? Yeah. So, um, and we, like I said, he had to have access to the robot. So that was kind of a little bit of the time schedule to make right. sure for his surgery schedule, but also get the robot that, right. and this robot, it's called the Da Vinci robot. It's used for like minimally invasive surgeries. It's just a very more like fine tuning tool right. to cause yeah. less, um, stress on the body. So, um, but anyway, you know, I, I did feel like maybe this time wasn't quite as smooth as my first time, but still everything was fine. Mm -hmm. It just, um, you know, we had a different nurse and a different anesthesiologist and we were in the same pre-op room though. That mm -hmm. was kind of cool. We're like, Hey, we were in this room last time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and they were also kind of a little delayed in getting started. Mm -hmm. I mean, stuff happens and this wasn't yeah. an early surgery like i said it was an afternoon so things could get behind right so they probably came and got me what maybe a little bit after 12 30 officially it was i feel like maybe 12 or 12 15 or something when okay. we when we separated okay and then i got the notification i think that you were in the operating room it was like 120 about, right about 12 30. okay but then the operation started one twenty. About one twenty. Yeah, because yeah. I remember them coming to get me, and they started giving me the feel good juice through my IV. Mm -hmm. um, but they wheeled me down the hall, and I got in the operating room, and they had me scoop from that bed over to the surgical table. Yeah. And made sure I was lined up appropriately and everything. And then I remember them putting the mask over and just telling me to take deep breaths, you know. And then I was out. Mm -hmm. But um, so. And then like he was saying, like he got the notification, it started at one twenty, and then I was out around three. Cause I think that's when the doctor came to talk to you, right? Yeah. It was like three o'clock that, that he came to talk to me. So obviously the, the surgery was over. Um, so, so yeah, like from my perspective, everything just took longer Yeah. than last time. Right. Yeah. So there was. And we were More told time. it was going to be about an hour or so. So last he said like an hour and a half operation. Oh, did he? Okay. So then said. it did last yeah. about the right time, but I had, I guess I had an hour and it just didn't, a little longer. Yeah. I don't think it really sunk in of what that actually Yeah. Meant. Cause my so, first procedure was like 45 minutes. It right. was pretty quick. So, so yeah, it would, it would seem that just the whole thing should take 45 minutes longer start to finish. Right. But every step of the way took a little bit longer. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was longer between when you got in there mm -hmm. to where they started the operation and mm -hmm. the operation took longer mm -hmm. and then you were in the recovery room before i got to meet up with you mm -hmm. longer right right because yeah. longer time with anesthesia yeah so like each portion of the process 
was just longer. Right. From my perspective. Yeah, and he did say he was like not panicking, but he was starting to get maybe a little nervous whenever he hadn't heard the anything. thoughts start to creep in. Yeah. Like um, understandable because yeah. I mean it's surgery, and I mean like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So it's like hopefully my body is cooperating. Yeah. Because like I said, I expected about forty-five minutes. Yeah. Extra or an hour and a half yeah. total, but it was probably close to. I mean, it's probably close to four hours before I saw you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because so I like think... 12... I finally got out of the three, almost five. Yeah, so yeah it was right. a yeah. long time long before time. I, I met back up with her. So it was just, you know, thoughts start creeping in, and you're like, it'll be okay, Ryan. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's fine until it's not. Yes. It's kind of what I was going yes. with, right? So... Yeah. Well, you, you talked to the doctor too, so... So, yeah, he came out. It was not the same kind of separate room that we had before, like little meeting room. He just came out to the waiting room with me. Now, there was only one other person in the okay. waiting room by that time. Um, so, maybe that's why. Um, but he came out uh, talking with me, saying pretty much everything went according to plan. Everything... And he gave him a picture. Got everything that was... stitched up ovaries. Yeah, said everything <laughs> went well and according to plan. We got everything. And that was pretty much the message. There was nothing really to convey like there was last time about yeah. the things that they found because everything was fine. Right. He gave me... Yeah, he gave me a page with... Like last time there were six pages or something. Yes, or a lot, pictures. Yeah, pages a lot pictures. of pages of pictures. And this one, there was one page with one picture. Yeah. So... Yep. And it literally was, was just the final job. That was it. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I waited all this time for yeah. for this. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was, everything was... Underwhelming in a good way. Yeah. Like, we got it. Here you it go. It was just oh, pretty simple. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so then, I, meanwhile, I'm back in the PACU and I was told by that post-op nurse that I woke up pretty quick. She said they got me in there around three and she said within like 10 minutes I was awake and I don't remember this. I do remember waking up and asking for a cup of ice, right? Just from being intubated and stuff. And then I remember my eyes being all goopy. And I eventually looked back through on the medication thing. And they had put some like um, eye drops or eye ointment or something on my eyes. I don't know, maybe because of where it was taped or something. Yeah, but it, my eyes were goopy. So I was like, can I have a washcloth? and like all this stuff. Yeah. And so, but then I remember asking what time is it? And she told me 3.58. So I don't know how much time lapsed between me waking and asking for ice to asking for the time. To me, it only seemed like a few minutes, yeah. but that could have been me falling back asleep and then waking up. Probably. You know? Yeah. Um, and then we had to wait for transport. And I think that's why you had to wait so long is yeah. because I literally, when transport finally came and got me, I mean, cause remember this is now near the end of like a shift in a sense. Right. It was almost There's five o'clock. There's probably a shift change going on. Um, and I was the last one in that PACU operating room. So all the people that had been operated on that day were gone. So I was one of the last ones to leave. Uh, well, it was the last one. I didn't see anybody else in unless someone was tucked in the corner, you know, but mm -hmm. I didn't see anybody else in there. And it was only my nurse and one other nurse that I saw when I was getting wheeled out. So, uh, but thankfully, you know, got down, was able to meet up with Ryan. And um, but with being moved, you know, with this one being under a little longer, um, the the movement in the bed taking me down to the step-down unit, I did get a little nauseous. Um, I had no pain upon waking. Like last time I was a little crampy because they were doing all the scrapings, but this time I really didn't have any pain. I was very bloated though, very swollen. Mm. Um, and so like a little motion sickness. And so, and the MD, the doctor did tell us that um, 
uh, prior to going into the surgery that what he was going to do is spray like an oxidized cellulose compound essentially dissolves and the body um, breaks it down and gets rid of it but mm-hmm. it helps seal off the blood loss you know kind of cauterizing it in a sense but um, he said he was going to spray that in there and because of that I would be very swollen and he was not joking yeah he was right about that um, <laughs> So, you know, felt a little sick, but the nurse gave me some stuff to like crackers and some water. Um, the main thing that they want you to do is not only get up and move and everything, but they want you to go to the bathroom. Like they want you to urinate. And so after a little bit, you know, I got up, went, I couldn't go, you know, and she's like, oh, we gave you two bags of fluid. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Nothing's mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. came back, sat, drank some more, tried to wake up a little bit more. I was, I still felt super groggy. I was really fighting it. And, um, but then eventually was able to go, but it was a little uncomfortable urinating. And I asked, I told the nurse about that and she said, well, yeah, you had a catheter in there. And I'm like, I mean, it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Right. It makes sense. But no one told me that I was getting a Foley catheter. And so, and the first time I'm sure they did it then too, but no one told me, and I didn't have any pain after the mm. first time. So this time it was new and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. well maybe that's why. And that also but, contributes to you need, not needing to go to the bathroom very much right, too. Because right, because they were draining it. Pretty much empty, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so um, this recovery with the surgery was about the same overall in the time frame because now we're on day eight. Yeah, like the recovery after your home. Yes, Okay. but um, it was slower in the beginning, so um, I had a lot more pain initially, like the first surgery, you know, I was better by the second day post-op. Um, had, like I said, some of that pain in the shoulders and stuff, but this time it wasn't until like almost day four. Um, the pain in the shoulders was probably one of my biggest barriers. Yeah. It's just, they fill your abdominal cavity with gas and then that gas has nowhere to go after surgery if it doesn't drain out. So it just floats up, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the worst when you're lying down um, just because it sinks in there and it just gets in those shoulder joints and it just mm-hmm. feels like a stabbing pain. But it's very annoying, especially when you're tired and you just want to rest and my right side is my favorite and I could not lay on my right side because my shoulder hurt. But... All in all, I mean, took a little bit more pain medication than before, but um, doing well. Like, I was able to go back to work on day five, whereas the first surgery, I went back on day six. Um, I felt pretty good at work. I still wore my brace and everything and didn't lift people, you know, even though that's kind of what my job is, but just use the beds or other people to help scoot patients Mm -hmm. or lift patients. But, um, um, yeah, I felt good after it, you know, and did a lighter day about like six hours or so. So it wasn't a full day, but felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe it's because I knew more what to expect, you know, this time around. So, right. Maybe a little more how to deal with it and yeah, how to mitigate. Yeah. yeah. And kind of like, you know, I mentioned from the first surgery. So this time I tried to keep up the same thing. I made sure I started drinking more water than I normally do. I try to drink about 80 ounces of water um, on top of other liquids every day, but this I started trying to build that to like 100, and then eventually, the day before surgery, it was like 120 or a little over um, water, trying to increase my fiber content, castor oil packs, the red light um, to help with like circulation and lymphatic system. I was applying like lotion to my stomach, vitamin E oil, still to like even those scars and make everything more subtle um, or supple. And um, and then even when we got home after this surgery, I was like, we got to go for a walk. And it took me, it's only a third of a mile. And it took me probably about 13, 14 minutes yeah, to complete that. Pretty I was pretty, yeah. He was like, 
I don't even think my watch even registered it as an activity because I kept stopping and I was like, whew, yeah. you know, a little lightheaded, a little winded. Yeah. 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 So, um, but since then, I mean, I've been walking, he's been a trooper, um, for the first four to five, maybe four days, you walk with me, walk with our dog mm-hmm. and normally once to twice a day, just getting up and moving, trying to increase the distance. And then I've been building from that. And I've also been doing my red light again um, every day to help with healing. So for circulation, lymphatic, kind of get that bloating out of there. Um, and just once a day, but cause I had gained five pounds from that cellulose stuff, I'm sure. And then just the surgery swelling, yeah. but finally, so the surgery was Wednesday. Finally on Sunday, I was back down to my regular weight. Cause I really, I mean, I wasn't eating a whole lot. I was trying to drink to keep things moving, but I was just so full feeling and just blah right and so I wasn't eating so I was like I don't know where this weight's coming from Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um and my scars this time maybe look a little wonky but they're improving um Ryan says he thinks it's just because where they kind of when they seal it off with the glue it kind of got some I think it got some blood blood trapped in there but one of them looks like it's kind of like an overlaid skin thing I'm like oh man and this is right in the center of my stomach too it looks like they didn't stitch up anything yeah at first at first glance it looks like there's just the the wound where they cut and like just without being too disgusting it looks yeah like they didn't stitch it and I was like, that's like not possible. I was like, that, I was like, that's not possible. Surely they they did yeah. it the right yeah. way. Because the first time I was really impressed with my stitches. I was like, these are great. Yeah. I mean, the scars were great. Yeah. So I'll continue to keep healing them, keep doing the red light. And once the glue comes off, I'll do my vitamin E oil, which was what I was doing before and doing some um, scar manipulation to help them heal. But um, so this Monday, um, we go for the follow-up. Mm-hmm. To find out a little bit more about the so surgery, what you expect, path and forward. yeah, and what we're gonna do from yep. here on out. So we really don't know. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably talk about your charting yeah. more. Yeah, and kind of what. And that that's with the great yeah. method, and we will talk about that with you guys eventually. So yep. I've been learning. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and it goes like, along like you said, what he's talked about is like first we gotta fix the issues, yeah. and then the the great method and the charting and everything gets yeah. into. Knowing your cycle. Planning and working right. around the cycle and right. and those kind of things. Right. So, and like she said, we're still learning yeah. that. Um, right so now, that, it's but pretty much the next thing. a mess because it's good yeah. to learn, but I mean, I've had two surgeries, so my cycle's yeah. been all over the, the place. Cycle, yeah. yeah. The but cycle is... Uh, whatever. <laughs> is a, yeah. It'll all work out. But, um, so like we were, I kind of said at the beginning of this episode, we are going to be going on a little Europe vacay in the next week or so, and... Um, very excited about that and that was another thing happy to get the surgery done because now it's behind us and we can truly enjoy this trip because I've been planning mm-hmm. it for months mm-hmm. um, he's been supporting my planning yeah <laughs> um, I listen yes he's very ex- we're all we're very excited yes. it'll be a great trip um, I am excited but there's a lot of detail yeah and I'm not totally a detail person he's so. the, only the details whenever it's when it's happening. To mention it. Right. Yeah. 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 He's like, where do we need to be? Okay. Or I need a map yeah. while you're explaining the details. <laughs> that that goes a long way. I have typed yeah. up an itinerary for yeah. them before. I probably need to do that again. But um, 
you know, this case, this, the trip is essentially two weeks after the surgery. So I'm able to carry my luggage, move my luggage with, I'm happy about <laughs> that. Be within my, <laughs> my precautions. Um, so once again, just, you know, try to, if you want to follow us on Instagram, cause we will be posting some pictures of our trip there. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the places we are going is Ireland. So, um, I'm going to be looking for a rainbow, right? It may not lead to a pot of gold, but maybe it'll lead to a baby, maybe. right? So, we'll um, that's right. We'll be practicing, <laughs> <laughs> practicing on foreign soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much like our update and we'll update you again once we have the follow-up. Um, hopefully try to get that out to you before our trip, but if not, you know that it'll be coming and we can kind of let you know what else the plan is. Um, but yeah, feeling good. Very grateful for this guy here. He was a good support. You know, um, there were some times where he's like, should you be lifting that? Don't do that. Yeah. She wanted to go on walks (laughs) with our dogs by herself, um, with our dog by herself. And I was like, nope. (laughs) Not yet. Not, Not yet. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. going to stick to the rules on this one. Yes. make you do it. it so. He's a good dog, but he can pull sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, um, so we'll go ahead yeah. and follow. Can uh, read your scripture and yeah. close this out? So, um, this session or this episode, our scripture is Romans 5, 3. And this is the NIV version. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And yep. that's Romans 5.3. Yep. And, yep. and that's where we are. Where we are. We're we in continue the midst to persevere on like, this trying to conceive journey. There's no other, there's no other choice. Yep. Like that's what we have. That's the option, yep. right? I mean, I think it's trust in God and It's persevere. both character. It really has. Right? Yeah. It really has. So I'll go ahead and close this out. Thank you, God. Thank you for today. Thank you for this podcast. And thank you for those that are watching or listening in. Um, I just thank you for this opportunity to share um, all the things you're doing in our lives and that you're how you're using us to uh, glorify you and to help others. Uh, we just pray that this would be a blessing to others as it has been a blessing to us. And we pray for all those um, that are listening again, uh, just as they go out through their day and their week uh, for their safety. And uh, we ask you all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks for joining in. Get out, walk, move, and we will be checking in with you guys again soon. So, bye. Bye, y'all.